Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Love You, Mom, and Alzheimer's Story. I'm Wendy Mosier. This podcast is brought to you by Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio, a full-service podcast studio. If you've wanted to create your own podcast but haven't known where to start, go to our website, ToastedMarshmallowAdventures.com. Click on Full Service Podcast Production and schedule a free consultation with us. We can help you decide which package would be perfect for you and prepare you for everything from startup to publishing. This is episode number 10, our final episode from the series Love You Mom and Alzheimer's Story. If you've enjoyed this series, please stay tuned to Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio by subscribing to our YouTube channel and following our social media. We will be putting out one-hour episodes in story form with our first episode covering Chris's eight-plus surgeries in 2019. Please look for this series in the next couple of months. In the last episode, episode number nine from Love You, Mom, and Alzheimer's Story, we went over 11 days in December 2020 when we almost lost her. This was such a scary time, but we came out on top, kind of feeling like we'd used several of our nine lives. We celebrated Christmas and New Year's and the weeks following. These were the last holidays we celebrated with Mom at home, in her home. Knowing that these would be her last holidays and her unaware of this fact made these particularly painful holidays for me. We enjoyed a couple of last at-home traditions, which was really special, but I remember having to stay really present mentally. If I let myself think about the fact that unless a freaking miracle occurred, we weren't going to have many more Christmases with my mom, and we definitely weren't celebrating them at home. Well, if I let myself think that, I was a crying, slobbering mess. So I didn't. I kept my mind in the here and now. No looking forward. No thinking to the future. Just enjoy what you have now. And isn't that a good lesson for all of us? 
How often are you in the middle of something really fun and you can't quite enjoy it because you're thinking of what's next? I really feel like with Alzheimer's and probably many other situations, you need to dig deep, focus, and be in the moment. It's cliche for sure, but can also be a great survival tactic. And so we celebrated. I made many mincemeat pies from scratch and we enjoyed. My mom always made a mincemeat pie for Thanksgiving and or Christmas, and I love that tradition. I guess because I moved so much as a kid, I don't actually enjoy doing the same thing every holiday. I don't care to go to the same person's house each year and experience the same exact thing. Instead, I love switching things up every year and holding on to little traditions that make wherever we are feel special and like something that's just ours. We ate mincemeat pies for breakfast or for a snack, and I glowed inside when my mom enjoyed. She's cooked for me for years. To be able to cook something as an adult, but also as her child and in her state that she enjoyed, made me swell up with happy and love and joy. She liked my mini mincemeat pies. And isn't that what every kid of every age wants? We want a mom that approves, that loves us no matter what. We want our parents to be proud of us. And whether it's a massive achievement or a little mincemeat pie, it truly doesn't matter. Seeing my mom enjoy a couple of bites of tradition made my heart swell. My mom is and has always been my everything. Later in the day on Christmas, we opened a few gifts. It wasn't the all-out brawl that some Christmases are where you basically need to take a break to eat and then go back and finish opening presents. It was small and simple and perfect. My mom opened a present from her sister, my Aunt Susie, and they were these really cute Christmas socks that were plush and fuzzy and Christmassy. I had actually purchased a pair unknowingly the week before and was wearing them right then, when, and so when my mom put on hers, we were twinsies. Matching socks. What could be better on Christmas? The snow fell, and we took stock in all that was good. We aren't a religious family, but we are a grateful family. We notice positive things, and we rock it. We notice a negative thing, and we turn it into a positive, or we make a change until it feels positive. This was our last Christmas at home. And before I completely put myself into a crying fit, I need to tell you about the evening before Christmas. Christmas Eve. So I need you to imagine that you've just experienced 11 days of a living hell where you almost lost your mom. 11 days of being up 24-7, not knowing if she would live or die. 11 days of being awake around the clock where you question honestly, are we doing the right thing? Are we helping? Are we being of service? And sometime after that, John got an email that something was happening with their friends on Christmas Eve. I had no idea. I wasn't aware of any of it until I arrived on that Thursday and John said something was going on. We'd wait and see. I don't remember what time it was, but it was a snowy evening in McCall. Piles of snow everywhere. The snow was coming down and cars started lining up outside of Mom and John's house on the road. It's a rural subdivision in a small town in Idaho. It's actually unusual to see cars lining up on this little road 
and especially near Mom and John's home. I remember that we were caring for Mom as we noticed people parking, getting out of their cars and commiserating. What the heck? And then I remember seeing people walk down Mom and John's snowy driveway. Holy crap. I was pretty sure that we were about to be serenaded by carolers. I don't remember who alerted who, but we bundled up Mom and got ready to take her outside. She had on her long, to-her-knees puffy coat as well as a blanket. It was really cold. A group of eight to ten people formed outside. They were friends that are family. They are people that don't need to be recognized for anything because this is just their awesomeness. They are business owners and dog walkers and booksellers, and who cares because they are outright amazing people. And as John and I got Mom outside, they started singing. They sang Christmas carols that we all know, and when you looked out, you'd see masks hanging from their ear. These were COVID times, and you'd see the love for Mom and John in their eyes. We couldn't hug. We couldn't sit together and chat about how Mom was doing. We were isolated, and they were isolated, and they found a way to bring beauty into our lives at such a difficult time. And I remember thinking, this is so beautiful and so sad. I remember looking at John, who was tearing up, and then letting our tears fall, because it was a beautiful show of their love for my mom and John. And then when the songs were over, we didn't get to stand and talk. We didn't get to hug. We thanked them and hugged them virtually, and we hustled one very cold mom inside. It was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. It was a brutally cold, snowy night, and these friends gathered to help my mom and John. And it's these moments, honestly, that you grieve. You're sad that your person is struggling, and it makes you sad when you see the people that love them that are losing them too. We celebrated Christmas and acknowledged the new year. We had made it to 2021 and so far had survived COVID. My mom was back to her baseline and we had in-home care coming a few times a week to provide respite for John and to help mom stay interested in activities and have quality time at home. And now in episode number 10, I'll take you through the difficult decision-making process of placing your loved one into a facility. I don't know if there are right answers. I do know that for us, we had criteria that we needed to line up and fall into place. It was agonizing and it was a necessity. And now let's get to the show. Episode number 10, the final episode from Love You Mom and Alzheimer's Story. Tough Decisions. January 2021. My mom had come out of her 11-day near-death experience in fine form, and we were back to taking walks around the property and going on outings. It was super cold and snowy in McCall, and we'd bundle up mom and head to the golf course for a nice snowy walk. There's a picture on her door at Assisted Living Now from that time. As we walk by, she touches it or points to it, and we relive the fun walk on that day just a few short months ago. How things can change in such a short amount of time. After we stabilized mom in December, John began 
calling around to nursing homes and assisted living locations. He was researching and gleaning information with each call and then found an organization called A Place for Mom that helps in the decision-making process. We had criteria we were looking for in terms of location, how COVID would affect our visits, would they take an Alzheimer's patient, could our person stay there for the duration of their life. It was so scary with COVID running rampant to try to imagine putting mom somewhere and not being able to see her or talk to her. We had heard on the news about families pressing their hands to windows with their loved ones doing the same thing on the other side. This was their only connection. I would feel sick in my stomach imagining how tough that would be. It would be pretty horrific for us to not be able to talk to mom, not be able to hug her or calm her or laugh with her. I remember talking to John a lot about location. I really wanted mom to be close to our house so that it wouldn't be a hassle seeing her daily if I wanted and was able, schedule-wise. We considered having mom close to John, about three hours away from our home, and luckily, gratefully, John thought it was important that she be near Chris and I. We had already spent the last 36 weeks going to and from McCall, as well as carrying on our regular daily activities of work, and keeping a house going, so I was really pleased that he would consider having her close to us. It would mean that the driving would then be John's duty, unless he got an apartment in our area. We offered our spare bedroom. We had used this spare bedroom on a room rental site, and it had gone well, with people being able to come and go at their leisure and not disrupting anything in our lives. We figured that we're, because we're all introverts that appreciate quiet and time alone, that it would work out just fine to have John stay with us. He declined. Several times. Not wanting to be in the way or be a burden. He finally accepted our offer tentatively when the time came, and we were glad. And then there was the whole financial side of getting mom into a nursing home or assisted living as well. I wasn't as privy to these conversations, but I do know that long-term care insurance is a must. I've planned on getting mine when I'm 59 and a half. I believe there's research showing that if you make it to a certain age, there's a strong chance that you will live to a ripe old age and at some point may require nursing care. My mom having long-term care sure helped this situation. We needed to have enough money set aside to take care of the first 90 days, and then the long-term care insurance kicks in and you're covered. It's pretty amazing. Nursing homes or assisted living residences are so expensive. Chris and I were still going to McCall weekly, and each week John and I would talk about tentative dates regarding nursing home or assisted living admission. We agonized, and I remember feeling sick inside every time we talked about mom not being at home. We made sure we didn't discuss this in front of her. We didn't want any part of her to worry or become concerned. It was working out pretty well to have in-home care at home, but we were well aware that if anything similar to our December experience happened again, or God forbid something worse, we were not prepared. We needed to continue forward on this path, but when would it occur? When would we make the move, and how? 
Around Christmas, Chris took some time and checked out an assisted living near our home in Nampa. We showed pictures and a video to John. The place was very nicely decorated, the people seemed terrific, and dogs were welcome to visit. We put this place on a list of places we were interested in, and John moved forward with the paperwork. John and I began making a list of things my mom would need. A bed, a couple of sets of linens, a chair, and table for her room. We talked about room size and would she be okay in a single room with a bathroom. We thought so. I remember several times John telling me that I could go ahead and get a bed and the basic items for her room. I should order them and give them a tentative date that we'd need them. I stalled. I did not move on this idea. I remember writing down on my calendar and in my notes a couple of times that I needed to set up her room, and I just couldn't do it. I waited. And then as we started to really process dates, scrolling through the calendar to see what, I, what would be best for all of us, when I thought we were getting close, I began my search online and in stores for items for my mom's room. We had tentative, tentative dates on the calendar set aside, and I remember that a couple of times we moved these dates back. We were constantly assessing when we'd go. In addition to a couple of ski trips that Chris and I had planned around early spring 2021, we were trying to align getting all of the paperwork completed, trying to align it with our trips, mom's health, and when we'd, we would all feel comfortable moving. When I say comfortable, I mean, we were, were we okay with it? Could we move her and be as happy as possible with our decision? Once we moved her, it didn't mean we couldn't change our decision if we weren't happy with it, but it would make life more difficult, and we, so we wanted to be as sure as we could that we were on the right track. We settled on a couple of weeks in March 2021. We would have everything lined up, the location we'd be moving her to, her room, all of her main items in her room, the insurance, and all of the other paperwork completed. We would either move her the week before her 78th birthday or the week after. I remember when this date was three weeks away. I'd look at the calendar and feel dread. I was happy then to be able to spend any extra time at home ordering things for my mom. It was a really great way to distract myself from the impending move and feel like I was helping my mom. I wanted her room to be bright and fun with things she loved around her as well as some new items that would be of interest to her. At this point in her Alzheimer's journey, we'd noticed that my mom's field of vision was becoming smaller, her life was becoming smaller, and I wanted that room, her room, to be a really special place for her. A special place with all of the things that made her feel happy and comfortable. I googled how to make a dementia patient's room the best for them. I ordered laundry baskets, extra pillowcases, and cute towels. I remembered that at one of the places I'd worked in the past, people wrote in their loved one's clothing so that their items would be returned to them after laundering. I found a great site online and ordered fabric labels with my mom's name and I rushed the order. I brought these labels to McCall and John gave me 
clothing to iron the labels into. He handed me shoes and I inserted her names in, her name inside. As Chris and I continued to go to McCall these final weeks before the move, we began bringing items for her room back to Nampa to store in our garage until we could get into the room and start decorating. While we stayed with Mom and McCall, John had started going to small shops in the area and he'd pick up a little bedside lamp and a chair for her room. Every step that we made as those final weeks passed, we checked in with each other. How are you feeling? Is everything going as we expected? Is there anything that we're missing? It felt pretty final. I would try not to think about all of the lasts that we were experiencing. The last walks in mom's favorite locations. The last dinner in her beloved home. The last rides through her favorite park. The last takeout from her favorite restaurants. These days were difficult, and we'd find each other teary-eyed as we each thought about what this meant not only for Mom, but for us. Our lives were about to change. Forever. My mom's 78th birthday was a good day. John's sister Sue Ellen had been in touch with me and arranged a cake to be made at Stacy Cakes, Mom and John's favorite bakery in McCall. We'd arranged that Chris would pick up the cake and we'd planned on celebrating later in the day if Mom was in a good headspace and filling up to it. The cake arrived. There was a special something added to the cake. It looked like a firework that you lit instead of candles. Mom and I were on the couch and John and Chris worked to get the cake prepared to bring to her and sing. I remember hearing a commotion in the kitchen. John had lit the giant sparkler and was slightly running towards Mom and I. Chris was bringing up the rear, filming and wondering out loud if we should call the fire department. The sparkler was huge, let out a ton of smoke and flare-like fire, making it seem like we definitely should have celebrated outside. We hollered at Mom to blow out the candles before we burned the house down or at the very least set off the smoke detectors, and she did. We may have helped, I don't remember. We ate cake and ice cream and enjoyed immensely. There is struggle when you have a person with Alzheimer's, and there are very beautiful and fun moments. When someone is taken from you suddenly, you have no time to plan, no time to do all of the last things, and there is great pain in that. In Alzheimer's, you have time, a lot of time. And if you plan it correctly, you can have a lot of joy and love and fun interspersed with the pain and heartache and loss with Alzheimer's. My mom's 78th birthday party was one of joy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It was the week we were taking mom to her assisted living location. All of the paperwork was completed. The insurance was in effect. We had purchased everything that we thought we would initially need, and before Chris and I drove to McCall that week, we entered mom's future assisted living room and decorated. We brought in a new bed, a dresser, table, chair, and bedside table. We put linen on the bed, a homemade tablecloth and table runner on the table, thank you, Sue Ellen, and put out knickknacks that she loved on the flat surfaces. We hung a large magnetized board on the wall and hung her favorite pictures. I'd gone through my house prior to decorating her room and put anything that I remember her giving to me and loving in that room. There was a rooster made of straw and a goat made of similar material. I put out fancy napkins with all sorts of decorations on them because she's always loved that sort of napkin. And we put out cards from friends and family, lots of pictures that we'd had copied and fun things for her to look through. The room was tidy and vibrant, full of love and family, and we hoped it would be inviting to mom when we arrived. We hoped it would look like home. The day we brought her down was rough emotionally. Chris, John, and I knew what was about to occur. We knew this was Mom's last time in her home. It was the last time she would look out her big kitchen window and gaze at their creek. She would no longer lie in bed at home with Lily snuggling by her side. It was hard. That's an understatement. That whole week was tough because we all knew what was coming. I would try to stay busy so as not to think about the inevitable, but your brain always goes there. It always goes to the painful thing in your life and tries to wallow in it. I feel like I blocked out my mean feelings from that day, and what's weird is that when I asked Chris about it, he did too. He really only remembers when we arrived at her new home, her new assisted living home. Chris and Duchess were loaded in our car, and Mom, John, Lily, and I were in theirs. We were going the longer way to Nampa, and we were planning on making a couple of stops to stretch our legs, go to the bathroom, and get our pups out. We didn't tell Mom that this was our last trip from her home. We didn't tell her to take one last look around because you won't be back. We didn't know what to say, and because of her disease, it seemed like anything we might say would cause such grief and perhaps harm to my mom's mental state that we stayed quiet on the subject. We talked about the pretty drive and pointed out landmarks that my mom has enjoyed in the past. 
We stopped in the small town of Council to use the restroom and get a snack. We stretched our legs and tried to enjoy the experience of being in a different location with Mom. We were aware that she didn't know where we were going, but she wasn't asking about the plan and we rolled with that. I pushed down any tears that might come up. We had to do this. We continued our three-hour journey, stopping one more time at a park, and I remember helping Mom in the bathroom. It was an old structure, and I went in with her to assist. After we'd washed our hands, and as we were leaving, Mom reached down to pick something up off of the floor. It was a leaf. She was tidying up this little out-of-the-way restroom, tidying up like she always had and still does, made us smile. She was still the same. You hold on to those things as you travel the course of the disease of Alzheimer's. You hold on to the moments where your person is acting as they always have. After some smiles and chuckles about mom still cleaning her surroundings with the still-present motto, quote, leave it better than you found it, we headed for our final destination. My hands were clammy as we pulled in. Chris and I had no idea how this was going to go, and I remember telling him that my plan was to follow John's lead. We had agonized about how this would go. Do we tell her why we're here? Do we walk in with her and stay with her? Do we walk her in and leave her? We had talked to so many people about the best way to do this, and no one really had answers. You need to do what's best for you and your loved one, people would say. Everyone is different. We wanted to do whatever would be best for mom. We met someone on the way in, later learning she was second in command. She was very friendly and accommodating. We brought a few items with us, as well as Lily, leaving Duchess in the car with the windows open. We were going to get to the room and then make a few trips out to the car for clothes and extras that we'd put in our car for the trip down. We got to memory care and rang the bell. We still didn't have our secret code to enter, and one of the attendants opened the door for us and talked immediately to my mom. You must be Lucy. The person was animated and happy, smiling at mom and definitely making her feel welcome. I felt like we all held our collective breath. We walked into the room that Chris and I had decorated and got a thumbs up from John as Mom looked around, noticing all the things from her home, even exclaiming at one point, Is that my mom? Did she make that? When she saw a leather wall hanging that her mom had made long ago. I could tell it was confusing a bit. What was her stuff doing in this room? But also my mom was tired from the journey, and at that point, several staff members had come to the room to introduce themselves, and so it was bright, cheery, and full of life and laughter in her room. Exactly what my mom loves. Staff began to trickle out after a while, and Chris snuck away to check on Duchess. We showed a couple of remaining staff how we got mom ready for bed, and John talked meds with them. I snuck away next, and I don't remember when or how John got back to the car, but eventually we all got back to our house in Nampa. We all felt like it had gone as well as it could have and planned on being back in memory care the next day to be with my mom. This would be our first night without her with us. 
It felt weird and sad, but we all knew it was the right thing. We had wanted to get mom placed somewhere while she still had her personality and was cracking jokes and smiling. People with Alzheimer's and dementia can lose their ability to smile and interact, and we wanted people to have the opportunity to get to know her and love her the way we did. We had really tried to gauge where we were with COVID as well, and when we initially placed her, we were told that we would have to schedule time to be with her and to call daily to see her. We were given leeway for the next few days to come and go as we pleased without calling in for an appointment, and that made it so much better and easier for us. I remember when Monday arrived and the new week began and John had gone to visit with mom. I asked if he'd had to schedule in, call, and he said no. I went that day as well without scheduling an appointment. And this began our daily visits with mom. COVID restrictions were a bit more lax in the county that she was now living, and we lucked out timing wives. We've been able to be with her every single day since she entered assisted living back in March 2021. We set up a schedule similar to when Chris and I were going to McCall. John is with mom Saturday through Wednesday, and then he heads home, and Chris and I cover time with mom until he returns on Saturday, and we do it all again. Since being at her assisted living, there have been so many laughs and also struggles. We have to remember that we had struggles at home as well and that nothing is perfect. It took a couple of weeks to a month for my mom to really seem settled in, and time definitely helped all of that. She began to recognize the people that came to work on the unit and had her favorites that she lit up for as they'd walk by. Everyone was and has been really amazing with her. They have ice cream socials and farm days where mom gets to eat ice cream and pet animals. They play games in the hallway or have painting activities. Every staff member is so friendly and animated with my mom and will stop to chat with her as we walk with her around the facility. They will smile, look her directly in the eye, and respond to whatever conversation she's having that day, whether it's word salad or makes complete sense. It's a beautiful thing. The residents have really helped as well. She's made friends with several people, and they would come by Mom's room to talk or pet Lily. That's another amazing thing about this facility. Dogs are welcome. Lily is in Mom's room whenever John is there, and the manager of the facility often brings his dog in to be with the residents. Pet therapy is like no other, and although I've always known that animals were good for people, to see it in action on almost a daily basis is amazing. I've seen residents that barely move or speak reach down to pet a dog and smile or talk their form of words to them. I've seen very unhappy residents become happier after touching an animal. And there are those residents that live on the assisted living side without memory issues that look for Lily. If Lily is off with John somewhere, they tell me to be sure to tell John that they'd like to see Lily when he returns. And him too, of course, but mostly Lily. And so our tale doesn't end here. But this is where I'm choosing to stop for now. 
We understand as a family what our future probably holds. My mom may not be able to smile at some point, and she may lose the ability to walk, talk, swallow. It's pretty grim if you go straight to the end and work your way back to now. It can be depressing and gut-wrenchingly sad if you imagine what may be next for your person. I definitely don't have all of the answers, but having gone through this as much and as far as we have, my words of wisdom, if you can call them that, would be to enjoy every single positive moment to its very fullest. To enjoy every smile, every funny look or word combination that your person has, and really try to live in the present. None of us know what the future holds. Not a single one of us. And so as the sadness comes, and I promise it will, try to hold on to anything positive from that day and cherish it. Not every day has positives, so make a big deal out of them. Hug longer. Laugh harder. And when no one's looking, or when everyone is, dance. It doesn't matter if you look silly. If it makes your person happy, do it. It will fill them up and in turn fill you up. Thank you so much for listening. I believe there will be another episode or two from Love You Mom and Alzheimer's Story. But this is our conclusion for now. In closing, I'd like to share with you some funny, interesting, and heartfelt memories from our time up to now with my mom at her assisted living residence. Please look for the final video on our YouTube channel later this week. I'd like to end by sharing notes that I've kept about mom since March 2021. They are funny and sweet things that I never want to forget, in no particular order, Thank you again so much for listening. These are notes I've written that I never want to forget. Mom read the card that I got her for Christmas and told me that I turned into a wonderful person slash daughter. Today mom told me she admired me twice. Today, Mom was teasing John, putting her hand up to the side of her face in a whisper and said to me, don't look at him, and laughed. Today, Mom put Chex Mex in her ginger ale. Today, Mom put toothpaste on a face cleansing pad. Today, Mom complimented me on my new hair and then noticed my new shoes. Mom made a spoonful of lotion today. It was vanilla. Mom called me Winnia Winnia today, which is a name a resident used to call me in 1993 when I worked at a nursing home. Yesterday, she called me Little Buzzy. Today, an aide danced with Mom out to dinner. When I asked if she wanted to hug Chris goodbye, she said, awesome, and she stood on her tippy toes, wrapped her arms high, and hugged him while making that noise she makes only when she hugs him. Today mom said, get it girl, to one of the aides that was dancing with her. Today mom threw Lily's water down the hall and we found the doorstop on the toilet rim. Today mom was wearing two different shoes. 
Today she wrapped up my phone in three napkins and stuck it in a shoe. We couldn't find her glasses. Turns out she had a visitor, another resident, and when they looked, mom's glasses were in her room. Couldn't find the stuffed bear, later located in the hallway in a little wagon decoration. Mom put it there. She picks up leaves and garbage all over the assisted living. Brought a square trinket thing into another resident's room, brought back by an employee. Talks to her kitty and bunny a lot. Today she hugged Chris three times before we left and made a happy sound the whole time. It was adorable. When I left, she said she loved me and called me sweetheart. <laughs>